0: Bismillah, Alhamdulillah, Wa salatu wa salamu ala Rasulullah Allah alimna ma yunfa'na wa anfa'na wa alimta'na So where are we brothers? Which page are we on? pertaining to your notes? Page 8? Page 8 and the first sentence on top of that page the Imam, the author Sharf al-Din al-Hajjah where he says <laughs> And pertaining to the dead animal the one which died by itself or was not slaughtered properly JazakAllah like al head or was not slaughtered properly then this the Imam is saying that its milk is impure and all of its body parts because in Surah Al-An'am Allah Azza wa Jal says after mentioning uh, so Allah mentions that the dead animal or uh, the flowing blood or the meat of the uh, swine is impure, right? So if it's impure then that means everything contained within it will be impure also So this is what the Imam is referring to, right? that its milk is going to be impure. Why? Because it's contained as a liquid inside an impure vessel which is the dead animal. Wadah. Okay. Clear? Ibn Taymiyyah, he says that there is proof from the companions, of that they ate cheese which was made from the animals of the mushrikeen. So this is the second opinion in the matter. Right? They ate cheese from animals which was made from the mushrikeen. And the rule is, if that something is narrated from the companions of Allah and there's no mughalifah found amongst them, there's no opposition to that opinion amongst them, then this is taken as something which is valid. So this is the second opinion by Ibn Taymiyyah. ta'ala. The Imam, he says, other than its hair and that which is similar to it. So the dead animal is impure its milk and all of its body parts are impure and the exception the imam is giving now is other than hair and that which is similar to it what's similar to hair feathers these kind of things right they say the hair, the the reason is because there's no ihsans there's no feeling in this body part right so it's there not due to a life of its own it's there due to the life of that which it's connected to it, in of itself, when, it, when the animal dies, the hair in reality was not living, it, its life was connected to the fact that it was attached to the animal. And they say that it has no ahsas, so therefore um, it doesn't become impure. And they attach to this when Nahweh, the Imam, he says, and that which is like it, meaning the horns and the nails of the animal are also pure. If the animal died, or if the animal is, is, is impure due to death. So the hair, the fur, the feathers, the nails, and the horns, all of this is considered to be pure. Tayyib? Because there's no ihsas. The Imam says, That which is taken from a a live animal, whilst it's alive, of course, then the ruling is that of how the animal would be if it was mata. What's when We said, mata is the animal that died. Of itself, okay, due to stumbling over or something of that nature, or it wasn't slaughtered properly, this is maita. So the Imam is saying that that which is taken from the animal whilst it's alive, cut off from the animal whilst it's alive, then it's given the ruling of how it would be if it was dead, the maita. So we know that the meter of these animals is impure, therefore that which is taken is impure. In Abi Dawud and Tirmidhi, the Prophet said in the hadith of uh, In the hadith of Abu al-Waf, Qid al laythi al-Waqib al the Prophet said, ma min hayi, ma min hayi, That which is taken from the animal whilst it's alive is treated as a mayta, is treated as a dead animal, okay? So if you were to cut the leg of a lamb whilst it's living, what's the ruling of the lamb? The part of the leg is going to be treated as being impure. Now there's some exceptions to this. The exceptions to this are, first and foremost, that of the human being. That which is taken from the human being whilst he's alive or she's alive, is considered as pure. The second of these exceptions is fish. That which is cut from a fish whilst it's alive is considered as being pure. The third of them is locust. Locust. The fourth of them is a tarida At-tarida is uh, basically when you are hunting an animal, sometimes it's difficult to get hold of the animal. So you have your axe in your hand, and you throw the axe at the animal, and as the animal is running around, you cut a limb off this animal, right? So that limb, a talidah, which was cut, then that is considered for you to be pure. And this was done by the companions in jihad and at other times. Okay? So talidah is the fourth of them, which is what that you cut the animal whilst trying to kill it, while it's running around. Okay? This is for you as being an exception also. The author now he starts the next chapter. He starts the chapter of Babu Istinja. The chapter of Istinja. Istinja in the language comes from the word Naja. So the Arabs they will say shajar shajar It has the meaning of cutting off. Okay? I cut the tree and cut the tree off right technically technically it means أو أو the removal of that which comes from the two private parts when relieving yourself either with water or stones or something or something of that nature this is the technical definition for istinja istinja meaning uh, ...the other that you will use after having visited the bathroom. Okay? The Imam, says, It's recommended that when you enter into the bathroom, that you say, Bismillah. Al-Khala. Al-Khala. Has the meaning of being hidden. So the Khala, that is the place where you hide yourself to relieve yourself, okay? That's what he means by al khala And in the Hadith in tirmidhi the Prophet ﷺ said, Adam. Mm-hmm. That the barrier or the covering between the eyes of the jinn and the private parts of the sons of Adam, when they enter into the bathroom is to say Bismillah. So when you say the Bismillah, those genies that are in that area, they cannot see you, they are prevented from seeing you. And if you do not say it, then they will see you in Allah's of General's best. When do you say the Basmala if you are in an open space? Say so you've gone camping, you've walked far away from your friends, and now you're about to relieve yourself. When do you say the Basmala? Before you pull down your clothes. Excellent. Before you expose your Allah, that is the time you say it. Right? So here the Imam, he said that this is, what, did, what word did he use for describing this action of the Qasmada? What did he say? Mustahab, mustahab, okay? Recommended. The definition of recommended is that if you do it for the sake of Allah SWT, you are rewarded. And if you leave it, there is no punishment attached to it, right? This is mustahab. Now mustahab and sunnah are generally entertaining. In general, they are interchangeable in their usage. However, some scholars they say there is a difference between mustahab and sunnah. Sunnah, according to these scholars, is that wherein you find a nas. Nas meaning textual evidence. If there is a nas pertaining, pertaining to the issue, then you can say it's sunnah, correct? Okay. If there's no nas, nas, and it's taken from the qawaid al-ama, taken from the general rules, then we say it's mustahab. طيب. So what's recommended also of Sayyip Aswala, the Imam, he says أعوذ بالله من الخبث والخبائث You say أعوذ بالله من الخبث This is found in the Hadith in bukhari Muslim where Anas says كان النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم أدخلا, قال إني أعوذ بك من الخبث والخبائث our oh Allah, I seek refuge in you from the Khubati and the Khabaith. Now this Khubati and Khabaith, it comes in two ways. Khubati with the Sukum. There's a sikum on the back. You know what sikum is, right? The small circle. Khubati, if it comes like this, <coughs> the, the meaning of Khubati here is Shara, is evil any type of evil. Right? Evil in, in general. And khabaith means Al-Nafus al-Sharira Evil souls or evil beings Right? It's the first usage When you say Khubth with the Dhamm with the Sakoon But now if you say it the other way Like in the Hadith with the Dhamma Khubthi Then Khubthi refers to the male devils And Khabaith refers to the female devils So you see the difference in the two usages In the first usage with the Sakoon Khuf is all types of evil and khabarid is evil souls okay, evil creatures whether they be human or anything else which one is more general? the first or the second the first so this according to some of the ulama like Sheikh Ahmed Khalil when he explained the book he said this is better to use Allah was blessed the imam, the author he says وَإِنَّ الْخُرُوجِ مِنْهُ أُفْرَانَكْ and when you leave the bathroom, you say, أُفْرَانَكْ Allah, oh, Allah, I seek your forgiveness. Imams Ahmad and Abu Dawood, they narrate the hadith where it's narrated that the Prophet ﷺ مَكَانَ إِذَا خَرَجَ مِنَ قَالَ oh, that the Prophet when he would leave them, the place of uh, relieving himself, he would say this dua, oh, Allah, أُفْرَانَكْ أَوَ I seek your mercy. Why would you seek Allah's mercy after having been in the bathroom? Could you that's one opinion but there's something missing there so the brother said one of the opinions is that a mercy that allah gave you to relieve yourself but then why would you seek mercy based upon what the brother said which is one of the opinions You're some no no stick to what he's saying but complete it so he said that one of the reasons you seek allah's mercy when leaving the bathroom is because it was a mercy that you relieved yourself No, no, no. What he said. No. Because you can't thank Allah for that. For that blessing of having uh, been able to remove the toxins and the filth from yourself, right? You can never thank Allah for that. For that ni'mah. That's what we say, according to that opinion of we'll front. Now there's another opinion, maybe I think you were about to touch on it. You can't say, think about Allah. Okay, so you're not supposed to make of Allah as you're in the bathroom. And therefore, you are seeking Allah's forgiveness for not having made dhikr of Allah, not having made worship of Allah, which you are supposed to do at all times. This is also an opinion. What's the reply to this opinion? You're not supposed to make dhikr in the bathroom. Who told you not to make the in the bathroom? It wasn't granted, right? The Rasul sallallahu told us, therefore, how can we seek forgiveness for doing something which the Prophet sallallahu told us? You see? So this opinion, put it to the side also. What's another opinion? No. So we're talking about seeking Allah's forgiveness after having relieved yourself. Another opinion that the ulama they say, uh, they say that um, because now Allah has removed from you this uh, the physical filth, now you remember the spiritual filth. So as Allah has removed from you the physical filth, you remember the spiritual filth. And therefore you seek forgiveness from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And also you say, praise be to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, who has removed from me the harm, and He has left me in a state of well-being. Okay? This is also from the Sunan, which is to be said. Now many of the Hadith scholars they say that this part is like, inauthentic. However, Ibn Hajr al asqalani <laughs> the explainer <laughs> of Sahih al he said in the book, in the al afkar in the time of the Al-Avqar, he said that this is Hassan. He said that this is, the al is hasan, it's authentic. As mentioned by Sheikh Muntalaq Al-Jahasr. The Imam, he says, and the qadim and the Al-Qadim, the Al-Avqar, the Al-Avqar, and that when you enter into the khala, which foot do you enter with? The left. And when you leave, you enter with the right. Imams of Hadith Hakim al-Bayhaqi, they narrate from Anas who said, sunnati, it's from the sunnah, either al-masjid and tabda bi-riglik al That you start with your right foot. Or you kharashta and tabda bi-riglik al and when you leave, you start with your left. So the ulema, they have from this hadith and others, the principle that that which is mafdool, that which is virtuous, the right is used for it. And that which is not of virtuousness, uh, not virtuous, generally that which is to do with uh, cleaning oneself, or to do with anything which is not in high status, then you do it with the left, right? So everything which is mafdool is with the right, and everything else, with. With
1: the left. The Imam says,
0: and the person when he's defecating, he leans towards the left. He leans towards the left. Now there's a hadith narrated by Imam Tabarani and Al Bayhaqi on this issue. But Imam Al nawawi the Hadith Master, the Jadarib of Muhaddithin, from one of the Jedi's, right, he said that this hadith is too weak to be used as an evidence. This hadith that is referring or is indicating that you should lean to the left when relieving yourself is too weak to be used as an evidence. However, this doesn't mean that we cannot mention what the Imam mentions, because there is ta'lil, there is reasoning. From the ta'lif that they give, they say that it is uh, that, like we said, that you mean the right side is used for that, which is virtuous. So, in order to give the right side of the body that meaning, when you're relieving yourself, you lean towards the left. Okay? Or, as sheikh uh, Abdullah Al basan he said in his explanation of Al Ahkam, Al Ahkam, Sharh uh, Al Ahkam, he said that he has spoken to many doctors and they said that this is actually the situation. And when you, leave to, you lean towards the left, it's easier for you to, to relieve yourself. So if this is the case and it's established by doctors or if it's found and practiced to be beneficial for a person, then you should go ahead and take that. But don't consider it to be a sunnah because Imam Nawi said that the hadith is weak. Also, from that which is recommended, or sunnah or mustahab, is that when the person wants to relieve themselves in an open space, he goes as far away as possible because Abu Dawood in the range of Jabra "In alaihi that the Prophet when he would want to relieve himself in open spaces, he would go far away to the extent that nobody could see him. What if there's something close by wherein it can come in? Do you still have to go far away or can you Close by. Something is close by, like uh, there's a wall, right? You can hide behind the wall and relieve yourself. It's still better to go further away, but in this case you don't have to because the objective is to cover yourself from the sight of the people. With regards to urinating, do they call this number two? <laughs> With regards to urinating, the ulema, they say in terms of fiqh, in terms of rulings, that in this situation, you don't need to go as far. Okay? When you're defecating, you need to go far. But with regards to urinating, you don't need to why? Because these narrations, for example, the narration of the day for Allah who the Prophet, when he was urinating, he called him close to him. As a type of a a, a, separate, a barrier between the Prophet and the people, right? So they say from this, we can take that. Those who are urinating, they don't need to be far away from the people, as long as they are covered. The Imam says, "Washtiru," and the person should have sita, meaning that the person should have their body covered. In Sahih Muslim, Abdullah bin Ja'far he narrates, "Kan ahab mastatara bihi Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam lihajatihi hadfun that from the things that the Prophet Sallallahu would love to cover himself when relieving himself, would be a Hathful Hathful is anything which has height to it, anything which is raised or Hach is a group of palm trees so this is where the Prophet Sallallahu would go to, to relieve himself طيب he would cover himself so the Imam here is mentioning it, mentioning the covering and the which chapter and the which recommendation he says the Mustahabat, right? That those things which are sunnah, those things which are recommended. So it's recommended for you to cover yourself when relieving yourself. But what is he referring to here in terms of covering yourself? A recommended covering. How can it be only recommended for you? Is it only recommended for you to cover yourself when you relieve yourself? It's wajib right? It's wajib to cover your own. Your awrah has to be covered. That which is mustahab, okay, is that your whole body is covered. This is what he means here, right? So don't think that it's only recommended for me to cover myself from the eyes of the people. No. Your awrah has to be covered, that's why. I do. But what's recommended is that your body is covered, right? The Imam he says, What al-tiyad mu and that the person should find soft ground when he wants to or she wants to urinate okay soft ground why was so obviously it does not splash back on you. if <coughs> the ground is hard you can smash it until it becomes soft if possible okay see inside and not that we we can also do it because if the ground is soft like the seed down. Very good, so it won't harm the people. We, we'll come to that point, very good. So the ground is soft, so like the brother said, uh, the filth seeps into it and it doesn't harm the people. So in Bukhari muslim we have the hadith of Ibn Abbas sallallahu alayhi Allah sallam who said, Mera anna bhiw sallallahu alayhi wa sallam bin qaad The Prophet sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam passed by two graves. Faqal innahu Al lai ba'adha baan wa maa ba'adha baan fil kabir. The Prophet sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, where leave these two graves? are being punished. But they're not being punished in something which was big. Rather it is big in terms of the magnitude of the punishment. As for one of them, the companions of his grave, he used to go around spreading gossip. As for the second, he never used to protect himself from the drops of urine to come onto his clothing or onto his body. ثُمَّ Then the Prophet he took a dry branch. فَشَقَّهَا فَغَرَزَ And he broke the branch into half and he put on each grave one of them. Hopefully this will decrease their punishment as long as the branch doesn't become dry and, and fly away. So the hadith is clearly telling us the importance of protecting ourselves from urine and any other type of interest. is it in a sunnah for us to do this at the very of our dead? That you take the branch and you put it on the grave of somebody. The Prophet ﷺ did it. So how can you say it's not sunnah? You're right. Those of you who are shaking your heads very slightly, very cautiously. It's right. It's, it's not sunnah. But how, how can you say that? Shaykh Uthaynul Rahimah Ta'ala has a nice explanation. He said, hopefully. Of what? He said, hopefully this way. Okay. That's part of it. He It's to do with the unseen. The ghayb. We don't know the ghayb. We don't know what's taking place in the grave. Number two, we don't want to have surah. We don't want to have evil opinion of the people in the grave thinking that they've been punished. You see? JazakAllah Khair. The Imam, he says, Sorry, sometimes it's going to get a bit explicit and this is just part of the study that we have to do. So the uh, the, Shaykh, the Imam Al-Hajjami, he says that from that which is recommended is that you wipe your private part okay, after having finished urinating from the bottom of the private part to the top of the private part and the ulama they say what you do here you have the, the index finger and the thumb and you just wipe okay and the reason you do this is why what? what's the reason for doing this okay. huh? any excess. excess that might be there so it all goes back to the hadith we just mentioned okay of the, of the graves that we want to avoid that punishment in the grave the the reasoning is that you do this in order to help yourself to be more clean from that. And then he says, And you pull your private part three times also. And again, this goes back to the hadith. The the reasoning is that you want to avoid any drops of urine splashing onto you afterwards. So you take out, uh, you pull out whatever is left there. Ibn Tayyia, rahim ta'ala, he, he, he is very stern on this. He says the ahadith pertaining to this are inauthentic and nothing is uh, related pertaining to this and it shouldn't be done. He said, why? Because he said you're going to harm yourself, number one. You keep doing this to yourself daily uh, for many times you're going to harm yourself. Number two, it's going to play with your mind because you're going to start thinking that i are enough. Was it uh, should I have done it more? You're going to stop to have waswas. Right? Whispers, am I clean? Am I not clean? So he says it's better to avoid it. However, Sheikh Uthayin agrees with the author. He said that Nata, the pulling, he said if you feel within yourself that there's a need for you to do the pulling, then go ahead and do it. There's no problem. As long as it's not done often. Imam Ibn al-Ta'ala, he says that what's recommended to do also is very important that if you have these feelings often and these whisperings often, that did like I clean myself properly or not, he said you get water after you've relieved yourself and you've and you're making wudu, splash it on your private part and splash it on your clothes. Therefore when Shaytan comes to whisper to you that you haven't purified yourself properly, you say, no, this wetness is from the water, right? So you never say it from the urine, you will cut off those whispers. So the only time really that you should do it, <laughs> if you truly know that by doing it, you, you tend to clean yourself better. The Imam, says, says, مِن That a person, after having relieved themselves, they should move from the place that they are in, okay, before he washes himself. If, if conditional, if he fears, that the filth will touch him، right? And this is based in the hadith narrated by al الْأَرْبُعَةَ where the Prophet ﷺ said, that none of you should urinate in the place where he is paid to wash and then go ahead and shower in that place because then the filth will touch you, right? So the Imam is telling us that you should move from the place where you have relieved yourself before you wash yourself if you feel that that najasa will touch you, will come upon you. Sunan al-Aqba. Remember we said it's different. You can say sunnah al-arba'ah and sunnah al-khamsah, right? And then kutub, a sitta as well. Okay, but sunnah al-arba'ah, who do we mean by them? Abu Dawud, Terhundi, and Nisaleh. right? and if you say five, you add an If you say six, you take Ahmed. Muhammad ta'ala, off, and you say Bukhan al-Muslim. Okay, the author now, he's going to start to talk about those things which are makarum. Those things which are makru. Makru translated as dislike. Right? Technically, makru is that act that if you leave it for the sake of Allah, you're rewarded. But if you do it, there's no sin upon you. If you leave it for the sake of Allah, you are rewarded. And if you do it, there's no sin upon you. However, amongst the early scholars, makru was interchangeable many times with haram. But out of their fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and they did it find the wording used in the Qur'an, the hadith, for a particular issue to be haram, they wouldn't say it's haram. They would have the same status to be haram, therefore they would say makruh, but they would mean by that, haram. But after those generations, it started to be used in the way I just described it. That if you leave it off for the sake of Allah, you are rewarded. but if you do it, there's no sin at all, are you So he's going to speak about that which is makruh, He says, <laughs> and it's this light for you to enter into the place al khala, a place where you are leaving yourself with anything that has the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa taala. This is taken from the hadith narrated by al arba'a Anas ibn Malik. He said, "Kan Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam ida dhal al khala wa ala That the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam when he used to enter place to believe himself, he would take off his ring. Why would he take off his ring? Because it would have his name on it and the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, right? Illa Except for a need, meaning that you're not allowed to take something in that has the name of Allah mentioned on it always a remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, unless there is a need to do so. If there is a need to do so, say for example you have some money which has some thick of Allah as shall, on it and you're afraid that it's going to get stolen so they say in this situation you can take it in. Some of the ulema, they said when explaining this, if you have a Quran which is very special to you. You know that people who memorize the Quran, they like to have just one copy of the Quran, right? So, the imams who explained this point, the ulema, they say that if you're afraid that it's going to be stolen, you can take it with you. But Imam al Ta'ala, the author of al insaf one of the foundational books in the Madhab, he said, nobody differs who has any intelligence that it's haram for you to take the book of Allah into the bathroom. And this is what makes sense to us also, so, right? I mean, even the mere <laughs> thought of you taking the book of Allah into the bathroom should give you a heart attack, right? So the opinion of the Imam, Al-Midawi, is what we go with, inshallah. The Imam, he says, قَبْلَ <laughs> مِنَ And to raise the person's clothing before he comes close to the earth, to relieve himself. What's the ruling of this? Is it recommended? Those it's makruh because the, the Imam is talking about the things which are now makruh pertaining to the bathroom mannerisms, right? And this hadith is found in Abu Dawud in Tirmidhi where is narrated by Ibn Umar and the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم that the Prophet صلى الله عليه whenever he wanted to believe himself he wouldn't raise up his clothing until he was close to the ground. Problem for many people. Right? The Imam is saying it's also disliked that you speak in the bathroom. Abu Dawood, anh, ta'ala, imam Abu Dawood, he narrates from Al muhajib ibn Qunfudh. Muhajib ibn Qunfudh, رضي الله one time he said, I came to the Prophet sallallahu wa sallam, whilst the Prophet sallallahu wa sallam, was urinating. What do we understand from this? Remember, we said I'm sure the Prophet lesson was coming, and there's no doubt in that. So there's something coming in the Prophet lesson But his companion came to the Prophet lesson and he gave him salam. Was the Prophet was ruminating. The Prophet didn't reply. And the Prophet "Made mudur." Then he went to the companion, okay, ibn al and he apologized to him and he explained. He said, I disliked. To mention Allah's name except in a state of purity. Meaning whilst I was in a state of impurity I didn't want to mention the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So based upon this they say it's not, uh, it's disliked for you to mention the name of Allah whilst in the bathroom. If one sneezes in the bathroom and he knows that the sunnah is to say alhamdulillah he sneezes, what should he I <laughs> she get out, stop the shower. It's good. It's true. It's possible. Sorry for laughing, But it's, it's true. Maybe. Depends who's there with you, right? Uh, he, he hard, right? He says it is hot. He says it is hot, right? He says it is hot. If one hits the then boss is the boss. In his heart he complies but once he gets out, he has to make the comply again. طيب al المؤذن To reply to the right? Ida Samet مُلِّدَا فَأُقُلُوا مِثُلْ مَا يَقُونَ المؤذن The Prophet said in the Hadith of Abi Sa'id al-Qudri If you hear a call to prayer, then say what the Mu'adhan is saying. So in this situation, you reply in your heart, and once you get out, you reply again verbally. And also disliked is that the person urinates in a hole or a crack in the ground. طيب؟ A hole or a crack in the ground. Why do you think? There might be some inside. What? There might be some inside. There may be something harmful inside, right? So you're coming close to the ground, urinating. Something harmful may come out and attack you, right? Imam Ahmed. Imam Ahmad, and Imam Nawwi, they narrate and they said the hadith is authentic that قَدَىٰ قَتَادَ He narrates from Abdullah بن سرجس رضي الله عنهم who said that the Prophet ﷺ نَهَىٰ أَن يَقُولَ رَجْمُ فِي الْحُجْرُ That the Prophet وسلم forbade that a person urinate in these holes وَقِيلَ مَا Why is it that it's disliked to urinate in these homes, all these places. He said, verily, it is the places where jinn are found. Right? So there could be jinn in there also, as as narrated writing of Al-Qatada. Imam al-Tabarani and Al-Kabir and Imam al-Hakim in his Al-Mustadrak, they narrate an incident where Sa'd ibn Ubada, the chief of Al-Khazir's tribe, one of the main tribes in the he was once in Asherah, the land of Asherah. He urinated in some rocky area or on some stones, like right, on the ground. Soon after, he was found dead. Soon after having done that, on the same day in Medina, it was heard from a well some poetry, where they said, ibn "We have killed." The chief of al-Khazrat sat in Mubadah. We, we sent two arrows upon him, and we didn't miss the target of his heart. Okay? So this is an authentic narration according to some scholars. Backing up what, what the previous narration said from Qatada and Abdullah and just that you shouldn't uh, urinate in places like cracks on the ground or holes in the ground. But yeah and also this light is that you touch your private part with your right hand. In Bukhari Muslim is narrated from the Hadith of Ibn Kathir, radiyallahu said that the Prophet said, The Prophet sallallahu said this Hadith in Bukhari Muslim. That none of you should hold his private part with his right hand whilst he is urinating. And none of you should wipe himself from defecation with his right hand. And none of you should blow into a vessel. So the hadith is clearly telling us what? Not to? Use our right hand. And the illa, what's the illa for this? Apart from being clearly mentioned as a prohibition in the hadith, what's the reason for the ruling? Takliman like we said, right? Takliman for the right, uh, honoring the right hand, right? We said for everything which is good, use the right. Everything which is less and not noble, we use the left. Ta'ib, in this hadith, you find that the Prophet forbade it. But we are saying it's makru. How is this the case? Because Chapter of Adab pertaining to mannerisms, the prohibitions are to be taken as being disliked. This is a hadeeth that many ulama have, as mentioned by Sheikh Ibn Ruhaymah and others, right? So the self, the thing that removes the prohibition from being a clear prohibition to bring this makruh is that it comes under the chapter of mannerisms. That which is under the chapter of mannerisms, except for one or two things, then the prohibitions are considered as so you may read the hadith like I did many times, but the Prophet is telling us not to do it. Clear prohibition. Yet, you Imam and authors are telling us that it's makul. It's because of this, they have a set of rulings, which they deduce from looking into the sharia, that those prohibitions which are under the chapter of mannerisms are to be taken as makul and not haram. Are So how then, the Imam says to us that you cannot hold your private part with your right hand. How then? How then do you clean yourself? Mm-hmm. So, left. left. left hand. How? Yeah. So, so you, because the Prophet said not to hold uh, in your right hand once you are urinating, right? So you use your left, but you, you, you have to hold. So this hold with your left. Clean uh, your right. Uh, I said exactly. That's what I'm trying to get to hold your private part with your left, and the thing you are cleaning with is in your right hand. You hold the private part with the left, and the thing you are cleaning with is in your right hand. As mentioned by Muhammad Al-Fatari in his explanation of Al-Faqq. Okay, the Hanbali scholars, they say this prohibition of not touching your private part with your right is in all situations. All situations of touching your private part falls under this prohibition. Why do you think they said that? What can they be tackled for this? They said it, and we're not, I guess, no. It's normal, right, the right? That's to do with it. They said, look, here you have a direct need to hold your private part in your right hand, right? When you're urinating, to prevent your urine from going everywhere. It's a direct need. So if the prohibition is pertaining to a direct need, then everything after it is from Baba Everything after that, or other than that, is more So therefore, the prohibition, it applies to all situations. is the opinion of the other scholars. Other scholars, they said, no, it's only for when you're urinating. Why? Muhammad what's the opinion of the other scholars Why? From, from this part? In Arabic, what's the... Was the I'm asking him because he's quite good at grammar The Arabic grammar because this is what would have. What would happen is the wow of being in a situation, right? So the other scholars they said no it's only for this situation because the wow and hal is used. In any case, our scholars, the Arabian scholars, they said uh, you cannot uh, touch your private part with your right hand, right? What is dinjal what is the jimal you have? No can you... Wash with the right hand after having relieved yourself, nor can you use stones or paper or anything of that nature to clean yourself with the right hand. However, if you are pouring water with the right hand onto your uh, area, then that's well and good. Then he says, what well, is that the bird? And nay, and nay rain?" Or, also it's disliked, is to face the two lights. What does he mean by the two lights? In terms of the moon and the sun. The moon and the sun. Imam ta'ala he said nothing in this mas'ala is authentic, right? In terms of ahadith. The ahadith are not authentic which pertain to this mas'ala. However, the ta'leel, there is still a ta'leel that the humble scholars use. They say, for example, at night, when you're relieving yourself and you're facing the direction of the light of the moon, what are you doing? You're exposing your aww. People to be able to see what you're doing, right? So, this is one of the ta'deelat that can really still be still used. That you do not face towards the sun or the moon when you are exposing yourself. The Imam says, Wa and it's forbidden, haram, And it's not permitted for you to face the qibla or to have your back towards the qibla whilst relieving yourself, right? If you are outside of a building, not allowed for you to face the Qibla or to have your back towards the Qibla when relieving yourself if you are not contained within the building. In Bukhari Muslim, the hadith about Yub al Ansari, with the Prophet وسلم, said, come to defecate فَلَا تَسْتَقْبِلُ الْقِبْلَ وَلَا تَسْتَدْبِرُهَ So do not face the Qibla nor turn your backs toward it وَلَا أو but rather turn to the east or turn to the west So the narrator of the Hadith Abu Ayyub he says شَامُ We went to the lands of Sham فَوَجَدْنَا بُنِيَتْ We found bathrooms built facing in the direction of the Qibla عنها ونستغفر اللَّهِ So we should turn away from them and we will seek forgiveness from Allah Azza wa So it's something which is well understood that you do not face the qibla in terms of relieving. Some scholars, they allow this to take place in a building, okay? To face the qibla or to have your back to the qibla if you're in a building. Where they get this from? They get this from the hadith of Ibn Umar who says He said, "One day I climbed upon the house of my sister Hafsa. and I saw the Prophet Sallallahu relieving himself. Again, the Prophet Sallallahu we know, he was covered. Right? His his uh, was covered. Mustaqbil al-Sham, Mustaqbil al Mustaqbil al facing Sham, right, and his back towards the Ka'bah. He was facing the direction of Sham, and his back was towards the cow. So anyway, there's so many differences of opinions on this, but uh, this hadith allows that in the um, in the building, you can have your back towards uh, the qibla, but not your front. In any case, the believer, when he's building his house, he will always try to face the bathroom away from the direction of the qibla. طيب؟ وَلُبْفُهُمْ فَوْقَ حَاجَتِهِ And to stay naked in the bathroom after having relieved himself. This is also what? What's the ruling of this? mind to do, to be in that type of situation. So it's something we should be avoided. You don't sit there reading the Mishnipur, etc. You have done what you need to do and you move on. Also, he says, وَبَوْلُّ مُفِي طَرِيقٍ وَذِلِّ النَّافِعِ وَتَحْتَ الشَّجَرَةٍ عَلَيْهَا ثَمَرًا It's all the haram, right? This is the haram section.
1: This is the haram section. So this is haram, yes. And the one proceeding
0: is wrong. Zagrullah what was the first one? To to face the qibla, right? Yes. The second one with The second haram thing, prohibitive thing, is to stay long than needed. And now we're in and for the person to urinate in a pathway, and under shade which is used by people. Or under a tree which has fruits. Why is it not permitted to humiliate or defecate in a pathway? You're going to harm people, right? What about in a place where there's shade? You're going to harm people. What about in a place where there's trees that are bearing fruit? You're going to harm people because then the fruit that they want to eat is going to fall into these places. The proof of this is in the Hadith where the Prophet ﷺ, said, in Sahih Muslim." The writing Babu Hare the Prophet said, Itta tu ala alay. Beware and fearful of the two who are cursed. They said, Who are the two that are cursed? The Prophet said, the one who relieves himself in the pathways of the people or in the places which they take as shade. Right? So it's something which we have to avoid. Some of the elements, <laughs> some of the elements, they say it's allowed, sometimes, for you to <laughs> relieve yourself in places where there are shade and people gather. Why do you think they may have said this? Let everyone have a quick thought. When you have no other choice, when you have an emergency? No. No. Is it secluded? But people use it. People use that place. Yes. <laughs> Ascend, Allah If it's if we join the good the good and forbidding the evil. If you know that regularly the drugies, they get together and they smoke their drugs and inject themselves in this area. For people to relieve themselves then in that area is well and good because then those people, if they're sound of mind they won't come and use this place anymore. So some of the ultimate mentioned this tahdi. He also says which is prohibited He doesn't say which is prohibited Now he says from the Adab What he should do is that he should make his which is to use uh, stones or paper or anything of that nature and then he should use water Why? Why should it be first that you should use stones and then water? Why not the other way around? Why not water first then stones? Water first, uh, then tissue. The uh, you, the the you might make the purity spread if you use water first. Possible. You might make the impurity spread. But no. No. use no. no. that No. Remove the physical part first. I said it's very close. This is the point. So you remove the physical, the with something like a stone or something like tissue of that nature. So your hand is not touching the physical injera, right? Because when you use water, you have to use your hand also to clean what's left over. So the first of them is you use istijmaat from You use something solid like a stone or a paper, then you use water. The second of them is you use water and then something to wipe. But in today's day and age, we have things like the washes, which are very powerful, and so this one does most of the job. Okay? And the third is to use istidjma by itself, to use stones by themselves without water. These are the levels of cleanliness. The first of them is to do the stones, then the water. The second of them is to do the water alone. The third of the states is to do the stone alone. طيب. The Imam, he says, when you say, It will suffice him to do istidjma. It will suffice him not to use water, the Imam, the imam is saying. Stone or the tissue, if the najasa doesn't go beyond its normal passage, its normal exit. Okay, if the najasa doesn't go beyond the normal exit, then it suffices you only to use istijma. Why do you think this is? Why is he Why is he saying this? If the najasa spreads beyond the normal situation, right? onto the cheeks or wherever else, sorry to be explicit. In this situation the Imam is saying it's not enough just to use the istijma, not enough just to use the stones and the papers. Why? Because now it's not staying anymore. Okay? That becomes ajasah, the removal of impurities which requires water. The is only done by water, right? When you start doing with istijma, and it's imperative conditionally that if you're going to use rocks or paper or anything of that nature to clean yourself, then it has to be pure baha and it has to be mulqi. It has to be pure and it has to be mulqi. Mulqi, this word means that There has to be cleaning. So for example, you cannot get you cannot get foil, you cannot cannot get glass or anything of that nature. Why? They're pure. For it is pure, no one's gonna look at you and say this is impure. Why can't you use it? Because it's gonna spread the nijusa. It's not going to clean the nijasah, right? Like this glass. So it has to be not only pure, but it has to be has to give the the, the effect of niqab. The ulema, they mentioned, what is the Babit of niqab? Babit we mentioned this word before. Babit is darabid is the the thing which regulates. Okay, the thing which regulates. So the barbit for cleanliness here, niqaa, they say is that the physical najasa itself will be removed and only left is traces. That which you would use water for. And the traces are overlooked removed if you do not have water, okay? But the niqaa that has to be there is that the physical amount of the najasa is removed. So the barbit of the niqaa, the barbit of the, uh, the regulating of the, what is cleanliness required, is that the physical amount is removed and the traces but only left which water will be useful. So we're cleaning, right? We're using stones, we're using water or anything which is pure to use. Now the Imam he gives an exception. Because you may be thinking of a variety of things that you may have to use if you're in an abnormal situation. He says he says, he says what's not allowed for you, the exception, is that you cannot use bones nor can you use dung, nor can you use food, nor can you use anything which is or anything which has status or value, nor can you use that which is connected to an animal like its tail. The Prophet ﷺ in the Tirmidhi, is a that he said, Don't relieve you, don't clean yourselves after having visited the bathroom with roth. Roth is dung, uh, is that the right word? Dung, Roth right? is dung and not uh, bones either. Because verily, they are both food sources for your brothers from the jinn. Right? They're both food sources for your brothers from the jinn. Leftover animal dung, etc. Okay? And uh, the bone, uh, after the meat has been taken away, is food for the uh, believers of the jinn. Why can't you use Food. Why can't you use food, human food, to believe yourself? It's a respected thing. very good. If you cannot use the food of the jinn, then in Bab al Awla, then more so you cannot use the food of human beings. But like you said, it's also something which has value and it's respected. Okay. The Imam says, we'll end with this inshallah. It's conditional, when you clean yourself, that you have three wipes which end up with cleanliness or more. Three wipes which end up with cleanliness or more, right? وَلَوْا بِحَجْرِنْ be sure. Even if it be that it's one rock or stone that has three sides to it. So it doesn't have to be three stones. It can be a stone which is large enough for you to use three parts of it, three sides of the stone. send قَطْعُمُ عَلَى and uh, it's recommended by sunnah for you to stop upon wudu, Stop the wipings upon a wutr number. In Sahih Muslim in the hadith of Salman al Farsi, he said the Prophet sallallahu alaihi And the Prophet ﷺ forbade us from facing the qibla uh, if you want to relieve yourself. The beautiful thing about this hadith, they were trying to make fun of Salman al Farsi. They were trying to make fun of the Muslims say, your Prophet, even you teaches you have to go to the bathroom. What the Salman do, <laughs> wa- He said, nah, well actually it means this, you know, we start to interpret it in a way that we the the he said, no, he stood up clearly and his told this hadith. He said, yes, the Prophet said, Thomas X told us, X, Y, Z. So he said, <laughs> The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and the Prophet forbade us from fixing the qibla for uh, defecating or urinating. Oh, and the Prophet all that we should clean ourselves with our right hands. All, or that we clean ourselves with less than three wipes. Or, or that we clean ourselves with dung or with bones, right? So here it's clearly mentioned what the Imam said that there has to be three wipes or more if you need it. Wallah bi hadjrid shuq, as we said, even if it be a rock or a stone that needs uh, that has three sides to it. What if you need to do more than three wipes? What do you do? You go ahead and do more than three wipes but. Oh. Finish on our Very good. You try your best to finish on an udna because in the hadith of Bukhari, Man arah, fayimutu, whoever makes istizma, then he should end on an udna. Taheem will stop, inshallah. Yeah. Anything which was correct, which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, mistakes and shukh comes.